Hello and welcome to the Just Barely Trying podcast. Uh, I'm here today with Brady Driscoll and Andrew Clark. We are missing uh, Jacob Terry, a.k.a. Terry Jacobs, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. JIT. Uh, want to email him. Make sure you address him as Terry. Terry, that's yes. That's, that's how he likes to be uh, addressed. Um, he's not with us today. So I'm Tyler Burton. Uh, like I said, here with Brady and Andrew. So this is going to be mostly a sports uh, opinions podcast. Um, we're going to talk about would you let your son uh, or daughter, I guess, play football? Uh, then we're going to talk about college basketball and uh, what we think the future is going to be like uh, in regards to like the one and done rule and you know how they're going to handle that um, and things of that nature. Um, so just to kick it off, would you guys let your son play football? Yeah, so basically just a couple topics that we were kind of generically talking about and then just decided that would make a good podcast and we throw it out there. So for me with football, my thing kind of is, it's kind of weird because I feel like 10 years ago this wouldn't even be a question. But, you know, so much. obviously if your son wants to play football, yeah, I mean two of the three of us played football. Growing up. Well, hold on now. We played flag football. We did, but at the same time, A, they don't do flag football anymore where we played. True. It's tackle. But I feel like it wouldn't have been – if we wanted to play, we would have played. I don't know. My mom was kind of against it. Really? But my dad played football until high school where he broke his leg. And he still was would have wanted you to play. Though. And he still – yeah. He like, st- I feel like people that wanted to play want – their sons to play right football. So my answer, I guess short the short answer is that if I had a son and he wanted to play football, I wouldn't discourage him from playing. At what age though? Nine or ten. Okay. That if he wanted to play, I'm not gonna tell him not to. But at the same time, if he didn't want to play, I wouldn't try to convince him to play. Well you know is my answer. The like um Gronk. Right. Like his, their parents wouldn't let them play until they were in high school. Mm-hmm. So that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I guess I really haven't given a lot of thought as far as age, but like, it, there's a part of you that just says it's football, they're kids, and I feel like the most damage that gets done in football is long term head damage. And I'm just assuming absolutely, absolutely that anyone that has my genes probably is not going to play for that long. So <laughs> they're probably going to be fine. Yeah, but you never know. There's just so much freak stuff that happens where you know if someone hits your head, yeah, the wrong direction. I mean, that ruins your entire life. Oh, and that doesn't happen very often. Right, like, one like, in a million, but it does happen. Well, yeah. like you said, with with within the last ten years, even within the last three to four years, CTE and all that. Yes, all of the discoveries with that came out, and one of the biggest eye openers for me, being someone that. My parents didn't allow me to play football. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play football when I was younger. They told me no. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, I'm thankful for that because I found other sports that I was good at that I could excel at mm-hmm. right. that didn't involve all that. And then you see shows like Friday Night Tykes. Yes. That's yeah. crazy. Where I know it's Texas. That's, well, that's, that's an a extreme, whole other deal. to be fair. But, but I see what still, you're saying. You all, you, like you said, flag football. You didn't experience, I mean, there was helmet to helmet. Like when you interactions, yeah. But you see a show like that, and if it were me and my son or daughter wanted to play football, 
I would not prevent them. But if I let them, me or my wife, hopefully there's a wife in the picture. Hopefully. <laughs> if that Why can't it be a husband? Yeah. Uh, not, not, not for me. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I guess you can't rule anything yeah. out. <laughs> Been single for a while, so. Yeah. Um, no. But I would make sure that someone was there for every practice to see what is going on. I agree. Yeah. Because I think that is a big problem with youth sports is the coaches. I agree. I mean, I know when I, was, when I played baseball – there was kids fresh, just graduated high school that coached me at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, you know, you can't, when it comes to football, you can't trust that. Heck no. And, and you know, you got to make sure that whoever is in charge of your kids, right. you know, running the practices, make sure trust it's safe. Them. Yeah. That is, yeah. That is a big, big thing that I think people don't really take into, well, take into account. What was it? Who was the coach? You know, it wasn't that long ago where the kid, like, was dehydrated and died. That about was Maryland. That was, no, the no. PRP. Oh. PRP. Oh, that yeah, did yeah, happen yeah, in Maryland yeah. too. Yeah. Well, very local. PRP yeah. was about ten years ago. Actually, but see, that seems like that's the thing. Like, I feel like you hear about more, more of those extreme cases, like life or death cases in football, mm. than any other sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there are freak accidents in baseball and basketball, but like, just you know, at practice, you know, um, Willie Taggart and Oregon's getting yep. sued. Yeah, by a couple different guys. By a couple guys at yeah. Oregon because they were practicing too hard and sent them to the hospital. Yeah. Like, football has this, you know, I guess, stigma, whatever, around them that it's, like, tough guy, like, you know, you can't cry, you can't say, you know, I'm, I'm tired or weak or whatever. Like, watch Remember the Titans, right? You know? yeah. Well, I think the problem is with football, like, if you're going to be a good football player, you have to learn... I mean, it's called, what is it? If you're going to be a successful football player, you have to play with some pain. Yeah. You're going to have to. Yeah. But the problem is, when you're a kid, you don't really know what pain you should and shouldn't play through. Like, you shouldn't try to play through head pain or back pain. Right. Or neck pain. But if it's, you know, an ankle or an arm or something, you can probably play with that. But when you're a kid, you don't really know that. Mm -hmm. And if you have a coach that's not qualified... They're not going to tell you when to sit out. Right. They're just going to tell you to play through the pain. Especially if you're the star player. Exactly. And if you're a kid, you naturally, at least for me, you naturally trust your coaches. Yes. Because you don't know whether you should or shouldn't. And you want to So if you them. are playing football for the wrong coach, you are going to play through pain that you shouldn't be playing through. Yep. And that's the issue. And it kind of goes back to what Andy said. is like you need to, in that physical of a sport, be cognizant of who's coaching your kid because maybe they have their best interest in mind and maybe they don't right and you really don't know that unless you're watching practice and seeing kind of how they're what they're pushing them to do but that's kind of an issue with you know us being take ourselves out of what we're talking about and be fans your 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 best player on your favorite team goes down looks like it might have a head injury at the same time you kind of want him back in the game well yeah and as a coach you're like we need him yeah Mm -hmm. so it's hard to to not overlook that, and I get we're talking about our kids, but you think about them. So say your kids do play football, they excel, they get onto that next level. Mm-hmm. They're they're under a different spotlight to where, you know they if they do go down with an injury, the fan base, the coaches, that's a whole different level. And I know that's kind of taking this conversation to a right, whole other level. Right, but still, yeah, you know, it is a different but level. But you take it from, you know, as a, as a fan standpoint, it's hard not to, to, to take the head injury because I know that's kind of what we're basing this around. Yeah. But it's hard not to be like, put him back in the game. 
Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. It's just football is just so I love football. Like, I actually yeah, we're all giant football fans. I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah, I've actually just like I mean, we've had. I mean, my dad had season tickets for UK football for years, um, and love UK football. But like, just within the past few years, I've really started liking NFL and everything like that. But like, I remember in high school, one of our buddies was a great basketball player, but he also played football, and he had leg injuries because of football that hindered him in basketball. And I'm not saying he would have went D1 or whatever. It's a possibility. But, like, I feel like that kind of held him back a little bit. Yeah. And getting scholarships in basketball. And it's like he didn't want to let his team down and his coach down in football. Mm -hmm. That's why he stuck with it and stuff. And I feel like that kind of held him back a little bit. I mean, I think that's important. Like, what you talked about with Gronk, not letting your kid play football until high school. I think it's very important to let your kids play all sports when they were young. Right. I agree with that. I played soccer. Basketball, mm-hmm. baseball. Yeah. When I was, you know, from age five until slowly those sports started to dwindle. I didn't want to play them because I started to realize what I was better at. Right. What your interests exactly. really are. Yeah. I quit playing basketball in high school because I saw my future in baseball. I ended up, I didn't complete a college career in baseball, but I played college baseball. Right. And I think it is very important to let your kids play sports while you're young rather than waiting. I guess football is a whole other animal, but... That's kind of the thing with football is kind of what you refer to, Tyler, is like, that's the great thing about football is that you don't want to let your teammates down, Mm -hmm. and you kind of build up like that team spirit. That's a great thing, but if you're not smart about it, it can also be the bad thing about it, because it's going to make you play through stuff that you shouldn't play through, and it's going to make you push yourself where, long term, it's not smart to push yourself. Well, I mean, I, I, I know guys that have, you know, linemen that have said, uh, yeah, I got a concussion this game, and the only thing I remember was waking up the next morning and going yeah. to school. Yeah. And they, like, can brag about it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that's that's dangerous, man. Like, that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that impacts your life, your health. You know, you know, you don't even know what that means later on down the line. Exactly. Um, and it may not mean anything, but the problem is right. that it's a culture of you don't talk about it if you're hurt. Right, exactly. No matter what it is. And high school football is just not that important. I mean... Like, it's just not... Like, if you yeah. are hurt at all, you should take yourself out. Exactly. Honestly. But... And that... Granted, never played high school football. True. So... Yeah, same. None of us have. Same. So we're not ingrained in that... We just... Sort we just of... yelled at players from Culture. The we just yelled at yeah. them on the sideline. <laughs> it was much easier. But... <laughs> You know, the culture is you don't take yourself out no matter what. And in reality, it's high school football. Yeah. Well, and it, so that if there's, especially if it's head, neck, back, yeah. you should absolutely take yourself out of the game. Yes. It's, it's not worth it. But it's you're not, it's not too, yeah. brought up to do that well, at all. That's the thing about football is it's it's the ultimate male sport. It's all, it you know, it's all about toughness. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Who's like stronger? Said, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't, as a, as a someone that's not mentally developed, you're not going to take yourself out of a game. Like right, it's, it's not going to exactly, happen. Exactly, yeah. Well, I think it goes back to, you know, how you're brought up in the game. And so if you are playing youth sports and you're seven, eight, nine years old, you're going to naturally trust your coaches. And yeah. if your coach tells you never take yourself out of the game, I can just speak for myself. If I'm seven, if, if I was seven years old and a coach said you never take yourself out of a game, I would literally never take myself out of a game. Yeah. It's like that's what my coach 
Well, told no. me to do. Yeah, I remember. No matter what my instinct was telling <clears throat> especially me. Especially if the coach was dead. Especially if the coach was your dad. Yeah. That's well, a whole nother. That's, that's happened to all three of us. Whole so. nother pod. <laughs> um, but our, our flag football coach, I can remember, we lost in the championship game. He cried more than we did. He cried more than we did. But one of his key phrases was, are you a man or are you a mouse? Right. How old were you all? Five and six. There you go. Yeah. And you remember Kindergarten that. first grade. And, you remember and we that. remember exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. And it was just like, you know, I don't know. But at the same time, if it wasn't for football, I would not have known Brady. Right. That's my best friend. That's my best man at my wedding. He was the center. I was the quarterback. Like, we had that special bond. Touched his butt every day touched in practice. His, put, touched his butt. Put my hand mm-hmm. right underneath there. there right in go. his undercarriage. For a practice and nice firm butt. Not at practice. But he also caught a lot of extra point passes. <laughs> I did. Uh, so... Well, that's the thing, though, is, like, are you a man or a mouse is not a bad... The sentiment's not bad. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. are you tough or are you not? Like, are you willing to fight through obstacles or are you not? Right. But you just have to be cognizant of the fact, getting back to the original question, which is, would you let your kid play football? Yeah. You have to be cognizant of the fact that the coach is using that type of sentiment responsibly. Yep. Like, are you a man or a mouse? Are you willing to fight through obstacles or not? That is a life lesson that you can learn playing football. In life. But at the same yeah. time, don't be an idiot about it. Right, yeah, like, exactly. If you have a concussion, it's not a mouse move to sit out. Right. Like, it doesn't make you soft to sit out with a concussion exactly. or a back injury. Don't be a hero. So to go back to the yeah. original question, which was, would you let your son play football or daughter, it, it, it comes down to the coach to me. Tell me a mouse runs into the wall. Is he going to go out and you know, perform? <laughs> Maybe. Man, no, know. probably he, not. He, he's, he probably won't be able to handle seeing the cheese or whatever. <laughs> um, so to answer the question, would just simple yes or no, would you let, you know what, no. Just give me your true answer. Would you let your son or daughter play football? If they wanted to, yes. Okay. Andrew? If they wanted to, yes. But like I said, I would be there. I would want to know the coaches, want to know what's going on. I would on do more match. research on a football, youth football program yes. than I would for other sports. Any other sport. But if they wanted to play, yes, I would let them play. Same. Okay. I'm going to say I, I, I don't. I'm not going to let them And play. I can't hate on you for that. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. And I, this goes back to... I mean, you suck, but... Yeah. This goes... I mean, I, I've talked with... You're raising a mouse. But yeah. <laughs> I've talked with my significant other. Caitlin, I've talked to Caitlin about this. Yes. And we both agree that we don't want our child to play football just because of, you know, the possibilities of, of CTE, the brain injuries and things like that. We'd much rather him play some other type well, of sport. There are so many other sports. Exactly. And you can build that, those relationships with teammates and things through other sports. Right. The big problem thing, is, a big thing that I think you could throw in is you be the coach. If you want to, if you, football, whatever. You could. Whatever the sport is. I don't know if I'm that knowledgeable. Well, there's not a test. Make yourself knowledgeable. <laughs> you sign okay. up. If they sign up, they'll let you. If I, w- if I wanted my son to play football, I would take the time, research, do whatever I need to do to be the coach. Yeah. Or at least be an assistant coach to have some sort of control yeah. over it. Yeah. Because all of our dads were coaches at some point. True. Very right. True. And although they were very hard on each, of, each one of us individually, I do think that that helped. Yeah. Because you didn't want to disappoint your dad, but your dad was going to look out for your best interest. Very true. Very true. The problem is when it comes to, if you have a kid that you don't want to play football, when you're like six or seven years old, football looks like the most fun thing in the entire Yeah, you're right. Like, that's the issue, really, is like, or an issue, is like when you're six or seven years old and you see people just tackling each other, 
that's like that's what you want to do. It looks like fun. Like, you the, want to tackle. Well, yeah, it. that's what you did. You do it. You do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. you just put more structure and you get pads. You used to yeah. dominate Brady. Yeah, well, we would. Hey. You know, <laughs> no, we would put no. pillows in the basement and just like just hit each jump other. on. Yeah, jump yeah, on just, each other. You yeah. physically want to hit each other. But okay. Um, do we want to move on to the, our next topic? Yeah, we'll move on to the next topic. So, next topic we were kind of talking about. Um, no secret, obviously, being from Kentucky, we're all gigantic college basketball fans. I can say that, like... Kentucky and Louisville. Yeah. If yeah. I'm Go ranking... Cards. Go Cards. Okay. All right. If I'm <laughs> ranking, like, my favorite sports, college basketball is my favorite sport, even though I know it has its faults, but, like... So, basically, coming up in a couple of years, the NBA is widely believed to be getting rid of the one-and-done rule, which is basically going to keep the conservatively five or ten best high school players in each class from playing college basketball for a year. Mm-hmm. And so the question basically is, can college basketball remain relevant without those types of players playing college basketball? So like this year, for example, Duke is driving the train nationally yeah, absolutely. for college basketball. Yes. And it's been years where it's been Kentucky and other teams, but this year it's obviously Duke and Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. But if this exact class were five, six years in the future – R.J. Barrett would be in the NBA. Yep. Zion would be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Duke would be a normal Duke team with a bunch of four-year Cam guys. Reddish probably be in Cam, Cam Reddish, Reddish would Dude, maybe probably be in the NBA. Looking at it coming out of high school, he'd probably yeah, be in the NBA. Right. And so the question is, can college basketball remain relevant without the one-and-done? Because there's a lot of people that hate the one-and-done, but at the same time, that's the rule that keeps the best amateur players right. playing college basketball for at least a year. And so, if you take college basketball and you take those guys out of it, what's the reason for people to watch? What's the reason for people to play college basketball when they don't have to? And as a college basketball fan, just to be honest, I kind of worry about the future of the sport nationally if we're not having the best players playing college basketball at all. I don't worry about it at all. Really? What year was it when they changed the rule to where you you had to stay in college for a year? 2007? Five or six. Kevin Durant uh, came out in 07. Okay. And he was a one and done. So I, was, I think it was around six LeBron or seven. Was before the that. mid-2000s. Yeah. So LeBron was 03 and he yeah. came straight in. Right, right in there. Yeah. So was college basketball not relevant before then? Yeah, it was. We were young, but I feel like it was relevant. Yes. And I don't It was think, relevant. I, here's the thing. You're, you're going to have the coaches. Kentucky's going to have to change their ways. Duke has adapted to Kentucky's ways. They're going to have to change their ways. Yeah, but you you basically you you don't recruit those top guys, and you recruit everybody else. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the guys like like the the job Morant, yeah, those type guys are going to start becoming recruited. Yeah. I don't think you're going to lose a step, obviously, with not having those big name guys. The recruiting is going to take a hit, but I don't think that you've got traditions: Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, North Carolina, Duke. Mm-hmm. All of those schools are going to keep driving. Yeah, it's. It, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's not. I think it's going to stay relevant. I think it'll be relevant, but my worry is like college basketball is always going to be relevant in March. Always, there's nothing else on. Always. Well, that's so the... they are built in. They have this awesome tournament in March, yes. where it's right before the end of the NBA regular season kicks in, and there's no baseball, there's no football, so they own March. March Madness is the most unpredictable tournament. Right. There is. Most so, unpredictable. Exactly. So the, you're always going to own March. But my worry is that December to February, 
it's going to be tough to draw an audience when, especially with social media, what's the reason to watch? Yeah. Like right now, Zion Williamson is giving people to watch a reason to watch college basketball. Mm-hmm. And I hate Duke, so I hate to keep going back to Duke. But Well, it's true. There's a reason to watch college basketball yeah. because of Duke and because of Zion Williamson. And social media didn't exist when LeBron came out and when Carmelo came out and when KD, like when those guys came out, social media wasn't around. Yep. But it is around now and it's important to appeal to that generation and I just worry that, and it's not just the players coming out, there's a whole issue with the officiating and the way they call the game. Oh, it's awful. It's bad. More reviews. We need more reviews. But we need more reviews to get the (laughs) the calls right. But I don't know. I just worry that if there's an era where these guys are going to go viral, there's going to be eight to ten guys that are going to be hyped up on Twitter every year, and they all go to the NBA. Yeah. Or if they don't go to the NBA, they go to Europe, or they go to the D-League. Because all those options are much more realistic now than they were 20 years ago. You know, I don't think you want the perception that college basketball is left with the scraps of guys that weren't good enough. Right. Because that's not a way to draw an audience. Well, like, I, I just named I named seven schools in, like, four states. Mm-hmm. And those are the, that's what's going to drive a certain portion of college basketball. Now that we're really talking about this, getting into it, I'm starting to kind of change my mind on things. Uh, whereas, I, you know, the schools like Texas, the schools like Oklahoma, UCLA, they're not going to have those star players because those random guys that don't want to be a part of a, you know, a, a UK with, you know, who am I thinking of? Gilchrist and, mm-hmm. and all of those guys. Yeah. We have the super teams. The guys that want to be by themselves, LSU with Ben Simmons, they're right. not going to get those guys. No. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to kind of turn into a monopoly where it's going to be the same schools probably well, you'll see winning every year. If, if this does happen, if they take away the one and done rule, you'll, there are more guys, there's more talent in basketball now than there ever has been. And that's just going to continue. I agree with that. Um, everybody is so much more athletic. Everybody can jump higher, shoot better. Um, it's just, it's, it's just going to happen. Like it's going to continue to happen. Um, but you'll see more of the two, three, four year guys, kind of like how Kentucky and Duke were in the nineties. Like you'll get those Kentucky teams that had the, you know, Ron Mercer's Mm -hmm. Jeff Shepard's like those teams will, the guys will stay there. They'll get to develop and then they'll go to the league or whatever, but like there will be the Kevin Garnett's and the Kobe Bryant's that just go straight to the league. Right. Ben Simmons never should have went to college. Carl Anthony Towns never should have went to college. Like yeah. those those guys, they could have played, you know, in the NBA coming right out of high school, and they should have. Zion absolutely should have. R.J. Barrett is better than Zion. Hot right. take. I, I mean, whatever. Well, I agree with Cal. You know, I've heard Cal say it a couple times that, like, whatever you do to the rules, and you know, Cal always says Kentucky eats first. Mm-hmm. Basically what he says is, whatever the rule is, Kentucky and Duke and the top programs are going to get the best of whatever the class is. They'll be fine. They're still going to recruit. But the problem is, like, yeah. when guys have an option, they can go to college, or they can go to the NBA, or they can go to the D-League, or they can go to Europe. When there's all these options that guys have that are legitimate money-making options that they did not have 10, 15, 20 years ago, how does college basketball attract talent to college basketball? And to me, you have to let these guys profit off of their likeness, and you have to let them get endorsements. 
But I mean, I think that's what it is. Like I it's mean, it's it's ridiculous that they can't. I agree. Any t- a tennis player, yeah, a golf player, uh, any other minor sport. If I'm a tennis athlete and I can get an endorsement, I'm allowed to take that endorsement and go pro. Yep. You know, or if I'm a golf athlete, I'm allowed to take an endorsement. There's no reason. I've, I've worked my ass off to be a good basketball player. Why can't I take money from Nike when I'm 19 to, to sell their product? Yeah. It's ridiculous. No, uh, you're right. Why would I not be allowed to do that? And if I'm an athlete that's looking at maybe I need to take a year of college before I'm ready to go to the NBA, and I know that I'm going to get, let's just call it, let's be modest and say it's a $50,000 contract from Nike. Mm-hmm. Why would I not be allowed to take that? It's money for me, it's money for my family, and I'm going to go play college basketball and promote right. the sport, or Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, Louisville, whoever it is. There's no reason that those guys aren't allowed to do that. No, they work right. their ass off to get good at that sport. Why do they have to act like they're a regular student for yep. a but, year or whatever it is? You give, in that instance, so you take a, a $50,000 endorsement from Nike, right. and you're Sebastian Telfair. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't pan out. You don't pan out, and you didn't go to college. I guess you could always go back, right? But you're years behind. You go overseas. You make decent money, but nothing that you can, you know. You're not building a future. You know, you're most most overseas money. It, it you're living day by you not not day by day, but month by month. Yeah. Yeah, depending on where you're at. Depending on where you're at, definitely. Right. But you, a guy like Terrence Williams, mm-hmm. went all four years. Right. His NBA career did not pan out. Right. His overseas career did not pan out. Mm. He's doing all right for himself because he has a degree. Yeah, you can do both. True. I know you can do both, but I'm saying like I don't. I have not researched Sebastian Telfair. Right. I don't he's, know what he's obviously doing. it's very close to home. Committed to Louisville. Decided at the last minute gonna go, gonna go pro. Did yeah. not pan. He played some years in 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 the league, but didn't pan out. So, how does the NBA and college basketball find a medium? Between rather rather than letting a seventeen year old eighteen year old make the decision on his own to go pro, mm-hmm. that that that's the question. I well, you let them market themselves. They're not allowed yeah. to market themselves. Yeah. That's what it is. The NCAA will not let these dudes market themselves. There was the kicker. This is switching sports a little bit. There was the kicker at Central Florida that had the YouTube channel a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. And the NCAA told oh. me he had to shut it down. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You. That's how you. That's the medium. Is you let them market themselves. Yep. They're people they're allowed to promote themselves and when you try to act like it's the 1950s and they're rec players yeah and you shut down their earning potential the medium is if they want to go to college they're allowed to go to college and they're allowed to market themselves the way that they want to and they can get whatever contract they can get and they can Mm -hmm. be on whatever video game they want and the thing is it's the colleges are marketing them whether they want it or not yeah yes how much unibrow stuff did kentucky sell when anthony davis was there twinning how much twinning stuff did they sell when the Harrison Twins were there? How much flat top stuff did they Sounds sell like Nerlens, like when Nerlens Noel was there? How much win it for wear stuff did Louisville sell? Win it for wear. Right. Kevin Ware got hurt. And how much money did those guys see out of that? No, they didn't see anything. Nothing. The schools are marketing them, and they should be yep. allowed to take part in that money. Yep. That's true. That's how you... Is that the medium, though? I don't know if you can quite say that's the medium. I don't know if that's the medium, but that's how you attract people to play your sport. Because yeah, that's what yes. college basketball is going to have to wrap their head around, is that in five years, no one's going to have to play your sport anymore. No. They don't have to. Well, look at... They look can at, go to the NBA, or they can go to the D-League. Look so at, you have to give people uh, a reason to do what you do. Yeah. And what is it right now? Well, I think... There's not a reason. Like, some, some players, you know... Look at Thonmaker. 
Yeah. Everybody thought that guy was, like, the greatest thing coming out of high school. Right. And it was like, where's he going to go to college? Well, he didn't. He went overseas for a little bit, and then somehow he just went to NBA. And it was like, well, he didn't have to do that. Like, he, he didn't have to go to college, so he just bypassed it. Like, why right. don't other people do that? Well, I mean, Emmanuel Moutier, he well, they're did going the same to. thing. Moutier did the same, yeah, exactly, did the same thing. And it's like, you know, some of these players are, are starting to realize, well, I can just go to the G League, or I can just go overseas and get paid, and then just go to, you know, the NBA. Those guys overseas that are getting paid and getting experience, like Luka Doncic or whatever, mm-hmm. like, I know he's from there, but, like, that's, I feel like that's a better option than college. It is. Well, here, here's, here's, and that's what college has to do is they have to like. <laughs> yeah. Why would someone come there? Like, if I'm Kentucky, obviously I'm a Kentucky fan. So if I'm Kentucky, my pitch is you can come here for a year. We're gonna teach you how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. Kentucky has a reputation that we develop people well, moderately quick. So even if you don't develop well, you can be Daniel Orton or Deron Lamb and be a draft pick when maybe you shouldn't have been. Yeah. Because you have that reputation. That's Kentucky's pitch. Dakari, but Dakari Johnson. But what is like? college basketball's pitch as a sport. That's, it needs to be. I don't you know. You can come to a major university. You can develop your brand. We will let you get whatever money you can get. If you want an education, you can get it. If not, you can go pro when you're ready. But they won't do they that. Won't, they won't happen. do it. It'll never happen. It'll be where you're an amateur, quotes, yep. athlete, and you're not allowed to get any money, and that's ridiculous, and you're killing college basketball. You're making college basketball college baseball Yep. when you do that. Yep. And then everyone that has been complaining for years that they missed the days of four-year players, you're going to get it, and no one's going to care. Well, because you got a be, bunch of rec league players yeah, playing college basketball. They won't be as good. And every, well, people will be like, well, Steph was a four-year player or whatever. But, like, honestly, Steph was electric a couple of years in the tournament, and, like, Damian Lillard obviously scored mm-hmm. a bunch of points or whatever. But those guys didn't really, you know, do, like, they built their career in the NBA. They did. And you're always going to get – College basketball, regardless of what happens, is always going to develop guys for the NBA that you did not foresee as NBA players. Right. You're always going to get Steph Curry's or John Morant's this year or Damian Lillard's, whoever it is. You're always going to have that. Yep. But if you want people to give a shit about your sport, you need star power. Yep. You need Zion's. You need Anthony Davis's. You need Carl Towns, Julius Randle's. You need those guys. Another thing. And you have to give them an incentive to play your sport. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. The guys, name me the guys that came straight out of high school that were very successful. Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, LeBron James, James. Uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady. Um, J.R. Smith came out of high school. J.R. Smith came out of high school. I'll count him. Okay. So this discussion, we're, we're acting like... These guys should should definitely be able to just come straight out, but we only are able to name like eight guys that were. But here's the thing: that was a long time ago, though. I know that was, that was a long time ago. Yeah, true. And there have been guys in college that it was like clearly they could have came out of high school. Their bodies were so developed that I mean, you know, they mm-hmm. even though they didn't win a national championship in in college, they could have went pro. Like, there's just no way. Like, college, I'm not saying it held them back, but, like, it was just kind of like a stepping stone. And look at Nerlens Noel. Perfect example. Nerlens could have went pro. Went to college, tore his ACL. Right. Well, let's also has, say, has say this. That hasn't been the same. Been the that same. the NBA pays more, literally, every year. Yeah. So the incentive to go pro 
grows every single year because the CBA gets reworked and the caps, the salary cap goes up. Mm-hmm. So there's more and more incentive every year. And there will always be a place for college basketball. There will always be guys that need to develop their game and need to be coached like they haven't been coached in high school or AU. That will always exist. But if the discussion of if you want college basketball to stay relevant, you have to keep good talent in college basketball. Yep. And you have to give those guys a reason to play your sport. And if you're competing with, which college basketball is, they're competing now with the D-League. Yeah, the G-League. The G-League. They're competing with Europe, and once the one and done's gone, they're competing with the NBA. So why would I, if I'm a talented basketball player, which I'm not, but if I were, why would I play college basketball? Here's you have to give those guys a reason besides you can develop your game and get an education. That's right. great. You can always do that. Yeah. You have to give guys a marketing reason to play your sport. And when you don't let them profit off their own likeness, and you don't let them sell their image, and the referees are terrible. Oh, they're awful. That's a side thing, the, but the it's whole, true. The whole game, like... Why would I play college basketball? TB Teddy, I hope you're listening. I yeah. hope he is. Say it to his face. He uh, me up. Doug Shouse. <laughs> Doug Shouse is very emphatically. Too. Very emphatically. Here's my media. Make a scene. Just came up with it now. Might be terrible. Uh-oh. Do it. You let the NBA scouts, they come up with a, a cumulative star. So you got the five-star, four-star, three-star rating. Okay. If you're a five-star, accumulative, by every NBA scout, you can go pro. If you are a four-star or below, you got to complete one year of college. Well, I think you my might. Thing, my thing about that is, so you do put the athlete's future in the hands of somebody else. Yeah. That That is an issue. I don't really necessarily like that, but I don't like just letting any eight, 17, 18-year-old decide their future at that age because I know when I was 17, 18 I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do mm-hmm. I thought I had a, maybe right. had a career in baseball, I obviously didn't there are some guys that might think that they have a career in basketball, go pro then they're lost well that's something that Cal has talked about Yeah, is like if you take away the one and done I take it back, I'm just kidding <laughs> if, well Cal, I've heard him say a couple different times that if you take away the one and done what is the reason, what's the incentive for guys to graduate from high school Yeah, he was like, because how many guys are going to think I'm going to the NBA, forget about school Yeah, and you know probably 1% of guys that think they're going to go to the NBA actually go to the NBA what's the incentive for them to graduate high school Right. so you do have to think about that um I don't know. There's a lot of different stuff. Well, it's just like baseball. You get drafted out of high school, too. Right. Yeah. And and, and baseball is a lot harder but to But baseball, you can get drafted and still go to college. Yes. True. For some yes. reason in basketball, that's illegal. Well, I think right? if if you somehow, so like you, you take the top guys out of the equation and go into college, I think that will will limit the the shoe companies and that type of money. Going towards college basketball, right. I think that yeah. will some in some way eliminate, not not eliminate, but lessen the control that these shoe companies have over. Well, yeah, these See, maybe companies. this is a whole other episode. I don't think the shoe company influence is a bad thing inherently. If I'm a really talented 18 year old and Nike wants to give me money, why is that bad? They can do it in tennis, they can do it in golf, they can do it in baseball. Why can't Nike sponsor me? Yeah. And the people always say, if you let the shoe company sponsor people. Then the shoe companies control where people go to school. They already do. I, yeah, I think Kentucky's pretty, not losing a recruit to Eastern. 
It's a better school. It's a better marketing opportunity. Yep. It's a free market. But I think it's pretty clear that the NCAA is not willing to change on their stance. Well, that's what it comes down to. That is what it comes down to. They're not going to do any of this. But we have to accept it. Like, we just, like, at this point, we have to accept that the NCAA has the control over everything when it comes to college basketball. And for now. For now. But. No, in in a perfect world, the NCAA would, uh, you know, pay the players some something, give them some kind of incentive, and you know we would get the the players that are the stars. They would get paid for their numbers on the jerseys, their player likeness. There would be video games again. Yep. Like we everybody wants, everybody would benefit from EA Sports. You know, NCAA football games, like all that kind of stuff. NCAA could make so much money off of that too. Like, the players would make money, but somehow the NCAA can make it to where they also make well, money. Well, it promotes the sport. How much has the FIFA video game promoted soccer oh, in America? My, oh, my Lord. It's, if you had, like, a good video game, like, yes. that's just one marketing outlet. Yeah. But that's a way to promote the game. But we're, we're, we're kind of talking like the NCAA, even if they, they could take a hit and still make so much mm-hmm. freaking money. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing how much money that they make off March Madness alone. That's the only way they make their money. And I think that's what it comes down to is that they're so short-sighted is that they make their money off the NCAA tournament. They don't make money off bowl games because it's not NCAA sanctioned. Right. They only make money off the NCAA tournament. So I think that as long as they're making that money, they don't see a problem. Right. Even though there's a change in the NBA, CBA coming in a few years that they're going to have to deal with. And like you have to incentivize people to play your sport or that money system is going to dry up. And I don't think they see that. And I think that's the problem, is that it's an old money organization that doesn't think with the times. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. And regardless of what, you know, the solution is, you have to make sure that you're still relevant as a sport or the NCAA tournament's not going to matter. And then you got nothing. I think is the issue. So, so what, so coming back to the putting, you know, at some sort of medium, what I threw out there, any other suggestions or comments as to that? Because I don't think that that we're really putting a solution out there. My solution is you let the players make whatever money they can make. Schools don't have to pay them, but they're allowed to market themselves however they want. If you want to keep your sport relevant, you have to have talent. If you want talent, you have to give them an incentive to play your sport. Not everyone can go pro because there's only 60 draft picks in a draft. Yeah. So they got to go somewhere. But if you don't want them to go to Europe and you don't want them to go to the D-League, give them an opportunity to market themselves. Let them sign a shoe contract. Let them sign a marketing contract. Let them hire an agent. Ooh. And let them market themselves as best they yeah, can. Yeah, the, the, the whole agent That's thing what is, it is ridiculous. Yeah. That, is, that is just Why so can't I hire a representation if I'm going to be a millionaire what are in they 365 for, like, days? Why could I not hire an agent? What financial That's my gain? Solution. They're paying the agent. What yeah, exactly. Gain are they, the agents don't work for free. Makes makes no sense. That's no, exactly. why they can't hire an agent and come back. To That's school. my solution. Yeah. You let them market themselves however they can. College basketball is a great marketing opportunity because as even if you say it's the sixth out of six major sports, and I don't think it is, but even if you say it is, everyone watches March Madness. Everyone watches tournaments. Everyone watches college game day, or a lot of people do. If there's a big matchup on a Saturday in January, February, Kentucky-Kansas coming up this week is going to do really good ratings. People watch. They have eyeballs on them. Let them monetize that. Yeah. I think that's the solution, is you let them market themselves. Take away the top players from Kansas and the top players from Kentucky this year. How many 
besides people from Kansas and besides people from Kentucky, how many people watch? I don't know how many people. I mean, I'm not saying like give me a number, but besides people from the state of Kansas and the state of Kentucky. I mean, I don't know. I don't think people watch. But I don't anyways. think people watch college basketball a lot, anyways. Yeah. So I don't know how much it's going to drop. The because I mean, like the there's not that many players that move the needle, individual players that move the needle right. in college basketball. But if there's going to be any, you have to let them make some money off of it. The, like people are watching. Because otherwise, they're going to go to Europe. People all over the the country right now, like NBA fans, are watching Zion Williamson because he is electric. It's awesome. But other than that, like you look statistically in in the past or whatever, the most viewed areas of the country for for college is Louisville mm. and like Raleigh, North Carolina. It's Kentucky, North Carolina, Indiana. Indiana, Kansas. because those are the four states. And and you know, college basketball. Yeah, and like I get that Charlotte has an NBA team, but like honestly, those places don't have major sports. Wouldn't suck. The Hornets suck. The, Hornets the Pacers aren't that great. No. You know, well, another issue is, and this is a little bit down, this is maybe another podcast, but so 20 years ago, there was maybe 40 channels on TV, and that was it. Right. So if ESPN is showing college basketball and you like sports, you're watching college basketball because that's what's on. Period. Yeah. Right now, you have a billion other options. Yeah. And that's another thing, which is another reason. Another incentive for college basketball to have that talent because you have to make yourself as a sport stand out. There's so much Whereas competition. Whereas you did not have to 20 yep. years ago. So 10 years ago, you didn't have to. Yep. You're, you're on TV, yep. and that's it. And people have to watch you. That's not the case anymore. And so if you are going to hamstring these players and not let them market themselves and not let them showcase who they are, then congratulations, you're going to have a bunch of four-year guys that nobody wants to watch and nobody's going to watch. Yeah. And that's your college baseball yep. at that point. Yep, you're you're losing the top guys, and you know no, yeah. No because the NBA more. is more popular than ever, so you have an opportunity to sell yourself as a developmental league for the NBA. Yeah. If you do it right, but they won't because they just care about money. The NCAA tournament, which no one's going to give a shit about in a few years if you don't have good there's players. A, I mean, I feel like there's a pretty decent chance that when the CBA, you know expires they change the one and done it's one of those where they're not going to realize until after the fact that they should have done this then they'll change it there might be three four years where college basketball is very is hurting very badly that could be true college basketball they you know take maybe the they have to suffer away. for a few years before they it, make the right decision pretty good chance that, that will happen if they don't take you know preventive action and change things beforehand but if it's a case where the NBA is like, you know, if there's no age restriction, you can come whenever. They might, you know, it could be two, three years, change it. All right, so that's our college basketball thoughts. That went longer than we thought, but this is a good discussion. I mean, um, you know, we could we can go all, all day. Literally go all day <laughs> discussing college basketball. But uh, So we'll wrap up. If you, there's anything, what's our Twitter account? What's it at? Uh, I think it's pod. It's at podcast JBT. There you go. So if there's any uh, topics you want us to discuss in upcoming episodes, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna try to start doing more episodes regularly. So uh, uh, hopefully we can get Jit in the. Hopefully Jit decides to be a part of the pod. For some podcast. reason he wouldn't show up. So right, we don't know what's going weird on. of him. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, we thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll get some more ideas. If there's anything you want us to discuss, let us know. And uh, uh, You can 
listen to our podcast uh, on the Anchor app for sure, um, but it should be on iTunes and Spotify as well. Um, and it's tell your the, friends. Yeah, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad. Retweet, uh, favorite. Retweet, favorite, subscribe. Like, uh, comment, subscribe. Like. Unsubscribe, then subscribe again. <laughs> Copy it, post it to Facebook. <laughs> yes. You know, all that. All that um, good stuff. Yep. Just Barely Trying Podcast. Uh, MySpace. My, MySpace. Hey, let's bring it back. We could do it. We could. I mean, it's we possible. Could, it's possible. All right. Uh, again, thank you, Andrew, for coming on the podcast. Anytime. We'll have, he's a recurring guest. Um, so. There you go. All right. Thank you for joining us. Peace.